And welcome back to the Delaware Boys Dynasty Football Podcast. Co-hosts here, Ryan and Frankie. Say what's up to the people. What up, everybody? What's going on, people? Glad to have you um, back. Glad you're here. Yeah, it is a uh, it is a our second stream on Variety Sports Network. Uh, just give them a shout out. Check out their uh, their code and their branding down at the bottom. Anything you want to buy, sports related gear, it is there for you. Um, <clears throat> We appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, real quick on the merch. Um, I never clicked the link. I didn't check our own sponsor. But uh, they actually have some pretty cool stuff on there as far as, like, collegiate stuff goes. Um, yeah, not bad. I got some vintage stuff in there. It's worth It's at least worth a look. Yeah, they're Cardinals fans. Um, you know, I'm a diehard Pittsburgh Pirate fan, so I will not be buying any of that gear. But the college gear is pretty cool. Um, but anyway, back to it. Um, this concludes the this or that edition. Uh, we are now talking tight ends, boys. Uh, tight ends get pretty rough, gets pretty dicey after your top tier guys. Uh, to me, this is your catcher position in your fantasy baseball world. Um, uh, I'm going to, let's start it off with two absolute studs of the position. Uh, Kyle Pitts and Mark Andrews. We do have a Falcons fan in this podcast. Go ahead, man. Talk up your boy, Kyle Pitts. Go ahead. Oh man. Kyle Pitts is just a unicorn at the position for <laughs> all intents and purposes. Uh, guy who, Pretty much is a wide receiver, um, but can line up in line if need be. So uh, he gets designated as a tight end. But he's this year, I think he's going to give you wide receiver production. Uh, had 107 targets last year as a tight end and had 15 yards per catch to go along with that as a rookie. Um, had 1,000 yards receiving, first receiver or first tight end to do that since Mike Dicka in the 60s. So doing things that no tight end's ever done. Um, I'm going Kyle Pitts all day, even at cost. Um, he's going, starting to go into creep into the first round in a lot of these dynasty drafts. So uh, you gotta, you gotta take a shot to get him right now. He's not cheap by any means, but um, I think Kyle Pitts is a guy who you can just lock and load as your tight end one or just your tight end for the rest of time until he's done playing football. So uh, give yeah. me Kyle Pitts over Mark Andrews. Um, I will go on. I will go on this podcast and tell you a couple episodes ago, I did say I'm taking Andrews over Pitts um, <clears throat> for a two-year window. And I right now I'm not going to vary away from this. Um, obviously, Pitts is the general consensus answer you're probably going to get. I'm going to stay with my saying, though. <clears throat> uh, Mark Andrews, one of the best seasons you probably will see for a tight end year in and year out. Very consistent. 154 targets, 107 catches. 1,360 yards and nine touchdowns. Um, he is Lamar Jackson's guy. It, there's no question about it. Um, when you're talking about the QB, you know, the QB wide receiver combos, I, QB tight end for me here. Uh, the only problem is Lamar Jackson's not locked into a long-term contract. So I don't know what it's going to look like in the future. It looks dicey. I do see Lamar signing with Baltimore. And 154 targets, that was an outlier type season. He's never saw over 100 before that. You lose Hollywood Brown. Um, Bateman's going to come. Bateman's going to step into a nice role there. Uh, the running backs are healthy, so the offensive scheme could be a little different. But I see Andrews finishing as a top three tight end for the next three to three to five seasons. I I think Andrews is locked into to elite tight end one numbers. I think you can draft him. Feel pretty confident having him in your roster for four years plus. Uh, like I said, I know Pitts is your general consensus answer, but I'm going to lean Andrews here just for that window. <clears throat> no shade towards Pitts. Uh, Pitts, like you said, is explosive. 15 yards per catch. Dude is an absolute beast when it comes to extending the field. Uh, the one touchdown game in the London game I think is a fluke. I do see Pitts having more than one touchdown this season. I just like the I like the QB tight end pairing here. I'm not saying Mariota isn't going to be serviceable. I know he liked to target tight ends in Tennessee. Uh, just give me the more experienced combo of the two. I'll take I'll take uh, Andrews here. Um, so you say that you think that Mark Andrews has the better window of the next two or three seasons. Um, Frankie said it. You get you can lock Pitts into your lineup for like the next six to six, seven, eight years. We don't really even know. Um, Pitts is five years younger than Andrews. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get the I get the Marcus Mariota's there. He's definitely a bridge quarterback. Um, Desmond Ritter looked great in the preseason game. Uh, even led a game-winning drive. So it's not like he's in bad hands. I feel like given a year, Ritter can maybe step in that role and play 
probably better than Mariota. Um, plus, Mariota kind of taking him under his wing. He's not a quarterback that's going to shy away from helping a rookie, which will bode well for him. Um, but not to get into a whole Desmond Ritter take here, but yeah, um, I think Pitts would be in good hands as far as quarterbacks go. So I'll take the younger guy. What is he, 21? He's 20, turned 22 in the middle of the season. So he's um, he's going to be special. And like AJ, like Frankie said, he's a unicorn in the league. Um, the one touchdown is 100% a fluke. He finished tight end six with one touchdown. One touchdown. <laughs> one touchdown. Um, and 107 targets. I think he can get more than that going forward. Uh and you add in Drake London, who's going to take a little bit of attention off of him. I mean, last year he didn't really have a comparable wide receiver in that team. Gage was um, getting some targets last year. Yeah, so I'll take I'll take Pitt. But to go on the other hand, Andrews is definitely number two for me. Um, okay. I'm the discredit for him. But believe it or not, I think he put up better numbers last year with Huntley than he did with Lamar. So, um, <laughs> well, I like to see him play a full season with Lamar and put up the top three numbers. But as far as it goes, I can see Pitts being the top five tight end for the next seven, eight years. Fair enough. You <clears throat> you did say you want to see him put up that that season. I mean. If you go back to Lamar Jackson's 2019 season, Kyle Pitts did finish tight end, or uh, Andrews did finish tight end too. I just want to bring that to your attention. Okay. All right. Um, he, no, did. he almost had 100 targets that year too. Chalmers said he never had 100. He had 98 that year. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I think the 154 is a is a fluke outlier type target number, especially for a team that runs the ball at the rate that the Ravens do. <clears throat> but I don't think you're realistically out of the question to see 130 targets for Mark Andrews for the next two, three seasons. Yeah. Andrews is his guy. He's locked in. He's elite. Um, you don't see Bateman eating into that a little bit. There's been a lot of reports coming out of Ravens camp. That <clears> throat> throat> yeah. Yeah. The Ravens, the Ravens last year threw the ball about 31 <laughs> times a game. I, I see Andrews walking away with on average eight targets a game, at least games that'll be outlired more. Uh, I, yeah. I just see – I don't see the targets going away for the kid. I mean, I call him a kid because he's younger than me. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> he's a beast, man. He plays on my most hated football team. He's an absolute beast. I yeah, 145 can't... vacated targets from Hollywood. So Sure. And I, I, I think Bateman takes all those if, you know, maybe a little less, you know. But, I mean, like I said, I don't see a legit wide receiver two on this roster. James Prochet, Devin Duvernay, I'm not, I'm not sure who it's going to be. Some targets could go could go Andrew's way. We'll see. I don't yeah. know if he gets more targets than 154, though. That's a lot of targets. Yeah, it seems like yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's, that's his ceiling. Legitimate, like that's that's his ceiling. So yeah, if you're talking, if you're not talking startup draft and you're talking a league you've been in for a little bit, I'd say uh, probably trade Mark Andrews at his ceiling if you can. But if not, let him let him die on your roster because, like you so, said, Chalmers, I think you lock and load him for the next three or four years. He's been a tight end one ever since Lamar's come in the league, really. So what is what is Andrews' ceiling to you? Like, I'll give you three wide receivers. Would you rather have Andrews or would you rather have Debo? Debo. Debo, Ooh. okay. Would you, uh, rather have, yeah, would, would you rather have Andrews or Tyreek Hill? Andrews. Andrews. All right. Would you rather have Andrews or I'll throw you a running back. Let's say, let's say Dalvin Cook. Andrews, but I'm a Dalvin Cook hater noted. Ryan, Andrews or Dalvin Cook? Um, Redraft's a whole different story, but uh, for Dynasty, I'm probably going Andrews. Andrews. Okay. I just want to see like where values lie because like you said, you're reaching for pits in the first round. No questions asked. If you're not, something happened. Yeah, his ADP um, is eleven. So I mean, Andrews, Andrews is probably what, twenty, twenty two? I think it was like seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. <clears throat> so it's not as far off as I thought. I thought Andrews nineteen point six. Nineteen point yeah, six. Sleeper ADP, by the way, nineteen point six for sleeper ADP. Yeah, for reference, everybody, we are using sleepers dynasty ADP. Um Okay, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, those two are definitely the most comparable when it comes to your top of the top tight ends. Uh, 
we didn't mention Travis Kelsey. Uh, we really don't have a comp for Travis Kelsey because everybody else we're taking, we're taking Travis Kelsey. So I got one for you. And he's your favorite player in the league, Delhi. So I'm going to let you kick it off. I got George Kittle versus TJ uh, first of all, you're never going to see me go against George Kittle even once. Um, I think he's an ultra talent. He does miss time every year, and that definitely hurts. He also loses a little bit of time to having to block um, for the run game and for Jimmy G. But here's the thing. We've got a new quarterback in town, Trey Lance. He's a little more mobile than Jimmy G will ever be or anything like that. Um, maybe you don't see Kittle – blocking as much this year get him an actual routes run um last year he posted an insane stat of i think it was like over three yards per route run so when he is running routes he is getting the ball in his hands he's efficient with the ball he's run out the catch he's an absolute dog um as long as he can finish the full season i still think he's capable of top five every year even if he play even if he misses one or two games um yeah i just think he's great Plus, he's helping all these new tight ends come up with tight end university with uh, Kelsey. You love to see it. He's just like an all around, just different animal. Um, yeah, kills my outside of the Giants, my favorite player in the league. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go Hawkinson on this one. I'm not a Kittle guy. I think like everything Dudley said about tight end you and Kittle being a dog and all that stuff is very true. But the fact that he fights through as many tackles as he does tends to lead them to getting hurt. Uh, Hawkinson did miss time last year. He missed the last uh, five weeks of the season. Uh, but prior to that, he never – he was the, on the field for 78% of the tight end snaps for the Lions last year, uh, no less than that at any given point in the year when he played. Um, he was getting – he had 11 targets week one, 11 targets week six, uh, 11 targets week eight. So target hog when he's healthy out there in Detroit um, – uh, uh, not a big believer in uh, the rejuvenation of Jared Goff. So I think TJ Hawkinson uh, being a security blanket for Goff is good. I don't think they have a lot of weapons uh, other than St. Brown and Hawkinson out there. And I think Hawkinson uh, is probably going to be a little bit more uh, reliable for Jared Goff. Uh, but yeah, give me Hawkinson. Uh, I like Kittle, obviously. I think he's a freak after the catch. Um, does things that tight ends don't normally do. Uh, Gronk-esque in that sense in terms of breaking tackles and running through tackles and just getting downfield and getting yards that you never could see coming from the time he catches the ball. Um, but just give me Hawkinson out there getting massive target shares out there in Detroit. Yeah, it's it's a lot closer than a lot of people want to admit. <clears throat> One guy is more reliable as a security blanket would be Hawk. He averaged more targets than Kittle per game last year. Kittle's more explosive. Um, Kittle, Kittle works down the field more. Kittle, you know, is better after the catch type thing. Uh, and it's hard to use the injury standpoint because Hawk misses games too. <laughs> so, um, in this scenario, I want to, I want to keep, I want the tight end that's going to play with the QB that's looking to push the ball down the field. I'm going to take Kittle here, but I think it is close. I think it's very close. Wow. Um, Hawk is a PPR monster. He has a very safe floor for a long time. He's only 25 years old. Um, he's locked in to be an elite tight end. Um, Kittle, you know, 28 now. You're at that point where you're like, damn, should I sell Kittle? Uh, the only thing is, is I'm not paying for Kittle at his ADP. I would I would pass on Kittle every time. And I've I've noted that I'm not a Kittle fan when it comes to paying for Kittle at the price you have to pay for. Hawk, I can get him three rounds later. I love that ADP, by the way. But if we're yeah, talking 40, ADP, 42 for Kittle and 61.2 for Hawk. So about a two round difference. Yeah. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Kittle here, but I'm gonna take I don't want to pay his ADP. Yeah, that's, that's just where fair. I'm at with it. Um but like I said, no discount to George Kittle. Absolute beast on the field. Very Gronk esque. Can run, block after the catch. He's a beast. Um, my favorite tight end in the league. <laughs> love me some Dallas Goddard. Got yeah. love me some Dallas Goddard. Nah, <laughs> Here we go again. Um, Schultz and Goddard. NFC East. Um, I think this one's pretty easy because I'm not even taking Dallas Goddard. <laughs> I'll let you guys speak. Go ahead. 
well, damn, man, I was going to let you go ahead and go off about Dallas Goddard. I was, I wasn't even prepared. I, I thought you were about to go into your whole Dallas Goddard take about how he's the next coming of Jesus Christ in Philadelphia, and he's just going to take the <laughs> world by storm. But I'm saying, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I'll talk. I'll talk about Goddard. I'm going to take Schultz here. I'm going to take Schultz oh. here. But let's be. You know, I mean, let, let's not discount the fact that this dude, you know, I mean, he played behind Ertz his whole career so far. He finally gets a shot at the tight end one job. It was a little later than what I thought in his career. I thought it was going to be a year two years ago. But um, we're talking about explosiveness. Kyle Pitts averaged 15 yards per catch. Dallas Goddard, 14.8. Um, he's an explosive tight end, man. Well, and he works down the field. The only thing is, man – if you didn't have AJ Brown on this roster, I the target share I thought was going to be massive. I thought there was a serious chance that he could out-target Devontae Smith. But <clears throat> you bring in an alpha type receiver. Unfortunately, you're going to have to play behind the alpha type receiver. <laughs> now with Goddard, does it open up some things for Goddard? I think it does, but I think the looks, the targets are going to drop. He after the after the Urch trade, he was he was averaging almost seven and a half targets per game. That's a number I can really get behind for an explosive tight end. But <clears throat> with that being said, I I I don't see the target number being that high. Um, but to talk about Schultz, I I just I love Schultz. I really do. Um, he was was uh, Dak's security blanket in games, especially in the second half. He when he couldn't find CD Lamb, it was Schultz. Um, 104 targets, a lot of vacated targets in Dallas. Um, you love to see that, especially going into a contract year. Uh, and he worked on the field too. He was almost averaging 11 yards per catch. Um, I think he's safe in the PPR aspect, and I think he's just a safe tight end to draft. Um, you're getting him in like what the sixth round, I believe, fifth, sixth round. I, I'm, I'm okay with that, paying that price. Um, give me Schultz. Number one offense in the league last year. I think they're going to be a top five offense again. They're high-powered. Dak wants to throw the ball. He's going to throw it a lot. And Gallup's hurt. Um, Schultz should benefit early on. Um, yeah. Uh, I hate the Eagles. Um, but I'm not going to this way my take. Here's my thing with Goddard. Uh, you're right, 100% right on the whole A.J. Brown take. Um, A.J. Brown is not there. I would – probably consider him a little bit more in this argument but uh you get the emergence of AJ Brown and he's going to get probably as many targets as that offense allows him to get to be honest with you um, he'll be he will be the one in that team um and now you're looking at a situation where is it going to be Devonte Smith who's going to have alleviated uh, pressure off him as the water receiver two is going to get the more targets, or are you going to look at the tight end Dallas Goddard as a safety blanket is going to get more? Um, well, you have to see that yet. I think Devontae stands a chance to be the two in that offense, to be honest with you. So, if, that being said, I'll take, I'll take <clears throat> in the number one offense, um, at least as far as passing goes. I don't know as a whole, but I know in passing they were up there. Um, they were the number one offense. They averaged yeah. 30 points per game last year. Yeah. That's a, I see yeah. that dropping off, though, for Dallas. There's a lot of retooling to this roster, but I still see them being a top five offense in yardage and scoring. Yeah, I still take Schultz. <laughs> Even with regression. Um, yeah. I think he saved a lot of people. Too. Nope, sorry, go ahead, Dilly. No, I think he saved a lot of people in playoffs. That's all. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he definitely came on uh, strong late. Um, but I think Dallas or Dalton Schultz, uh, basically, I think he had his floor of a season last year. Uh, I think pretty much what he did last year is what you can expect from him this season at the very least, if not a better season. Um, with 104 targets, obviously, I don't see those going anywhere. Uh, losing Amari Cooper out of the offense and Gallup not being back for the start of the season, those targets are going to be there for Schultz. Uh, he only had 808 yards. I say only. That's pretty solid for a tight end, but I can definitely see him eclipsing 1,000 yards in receiving this year. Um, 10, 10 yards a catch. So, I mean, if he gets even close to closer to 85 catches, 
he's going to get close to a thousand yards this season. And I think the eight touchdowns, I think that's a floor for him. I think he's definitely um, on pace for double digit touchdowns this season. Um, so I'd say Schultz over Goddard. I, I can't see those types of numbers coming for Goddard. I'm in on Jalen Hurts having a good season, but uh, AJ Brown being there to soak up those targets with Devonte Smith coming on his second year, being one of the better route runners in the league already. Um, I, I'd never been a Goddard guy. Uh, the Eagles sniped Goddard from Dallas in the year they drafted him just to basically spite Dallas. And then Dallas drafted Dalton Schultz. So it's kind of funny that we're having this conversation because <laughs> they both got drafted the same year. And Goddard was supposed to be the heir apparent to Jason Witten. And basically Dalton Schultz turned into that. So uh, yeah. pretty funny how that turns out. But yeah, give me Dalton Schultz. <laughs> yeah, what are your thoughts on that, Stephen, before we move on? Like um, between Devonte Smith and Goddard and targets, uh, like I said, it's tough. Um, I do agree with you that Devonte Smith is a route technician. I don't think there's a route in his route tree that he can't run well. He showed you that, <clears throat> and I do agree that he's better as a wide receiver too with his size. Um, yeah. it's tough because me, all of us agree that this offense probably can't produce two thousand yard wide receivers. No, um, I don't see it happening. Uh, I see, yeah. and I don't. I don't know if AJ Brown is a high floor yardage guy or a high ceiling yardage guy. Everybody thinks he might touch fourteen. I, I don't see fourteen. I see AJ sitting around eleven, in between eleven and twelve, just with a yeah. high touchdown number. I can see like twelve hundred yards and twelve touchdowns or yeah. Touchdowns. And, <clears throat> and that's the thing is like we're hoping on Jalen Hurts that take that step. And I think he's going to have a better season than he did last year, but that's just it, the, he has to improve as a passer. And we're talking strict football. Now we're not talking about fantasy. He has to improve as a passer. If he doesn't, um, then I, I don't see anybody else going over 800 yards um, in this offense. And, uh, and I don't know, it's tough because I like Goddard a lot. I love what Goddard does for his explosiveness. Um, I I will say that I think Goddard has a chance to out-target Devontae Smith. Okay. Um, just to give Hertz's credit here, all the camp reviews and all the raving is all about a bit about his accuracy and this timing with the football. He did go six for six with 80 yards and a touchdown in the last preseason game. So um, we could and see a big the Eagles led the, led the league in drops last season, if I'm not mistaken. So Right. Yeah, so do what you want with that information. I think uh, we can see an emergence of Jalen Hurts this year in a big Same. way. Um, I think he's out to prove that he's that guy for the Eagles. Um, this is his prove-it year, and I think he's going to. That's just I honestly it. think Jalen Hurts is going to have a season kind of like how Mike Pick had uh, when he came back for Andy Reid that, that one year. So <laughs> He said Mike Vick. <clears throat> he, he said Mike Vick. Touchy subject for some man. people. Whoa. Hey, man. <laughs> Hey, go home. My, my favorite player about, of all time. No, no offense to anybody. You're He's the reason MVP. I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan. But you're talking about like MVP caliber, Mike Vick. You talking about that, Mike Vick? <laughs> I mean, he didn't win an MVP, but yeah, yeah. I think Jalen Hurts has that upside type of upside in this offense. God, yeah. <laughs> go Hokies. I'm a big Mike Vick guy too. I used to have his shoes back in the day. Remember he dropped um, shoes? Yeah, they were fucking fire. Yeah, I'm so, so let's I mean let's talk about it though. Like we we're not very far into this podcast. We got time. You guys own Jalen Hurts. What what do you what what do you guys need to see from him to be to quote unquote successful? What are you hoping to see or real football? <clears throat> in general, like because if you correlate success in the real football, you're gonna correlate success in fantasy. What is what do you guys need to see from a year three step? You know what I mean? What What, what is it that – I need to I see a high completion need, percentage. Yeah, I was going to say, I think 60% yeah. completion percentage is probably close to where he needs to hover to prove that he can hang around in the league. But I think I think what you're saying is kind of true, but I think he can win football games and still not be fantasy productive per se. But I think he can be fantasy productive and not necessarily correlate to winning real football games. So – that's the only reason I asked that question. But I think Jalen Hurts is going to correlate to winning football games, and I think he's going to be one of the best fantasy football assets in terms of the quarterback position. So <clears throat> I think 60% completion percentage is something you want to see him at. Yeah. Um, and probably 
like uh, around no more than like 12 interceptions, I would say. Like, I mean, 12 is, I think, a solid number in a 17-game span. So I think 60% completion percentage and probably under 12 interceptions. Fair enough. I have heard I have heard some <clears throat> shares as well in Dynasty. Uh, I couldn't convince AJ to lock in Jalen in our other. Yeah, game. this could be a whole different conversation with AJ was here talking about Jalen Hurts. It might yeah, get yeah. a little bit ugly in here, but uh, yeah, it's cool. It, I mean, he didn't show, which is kind of sad. But. Yeah, all of us are allowed to have different takes. Um, yeah, that's why this is what it is. It's Dynasty football. I was just asking because I'm a big Goddard fan, and success for Goddard has to correlate with success for Jalen. Yeah. Um, Sure. I think AJ's locked in. I think AJ Brown's locked into what he's going to do. So, last last tight end group we're going to talk about, boys, and that would be Pat Fryermuth and Dawson Knox. Um, yeah, my boy, my boy Pat, um, Baby Gronk, if you want to call him what he is. Oh Jesus, that's what we call him in Pittsburgh, man, Baby Gronk. That's sad. Well, then you go ahead, since you you want to talk about <laughs> Baby Gronk. Uh, I thought Pat Fryerman showed a lot. Um, tight ends usually don't don't have any success or correlation of success when it comes to their early years as a tight end position. Um, outside of Kyle Pitts, I mean, hey, we're not talking about another Kyle Pitts here, but <laughs> I mean, he he showed a success. I mean, he showed a success in in this scheme. He played with Ben very near the line of scrimmage, same kind of uses we had for Heath Miller um, back in the day. Um, security blanket type guy uh, could have some big games here with his touchdowns. His yardage number isn't going to go crazy, but he shows you one thing, reliable hands and a steady presence. Um, almost 80 targets in his first year as a tight end, uh, very reliable hands, had 60 catches out of those 79 targets. Like I said, the yardage number isn't going to pop, only, only 500 yards, but seven touchdowns, I think, I think that's a successful year one. <clears throat> I think that um, he has room to grow with that. Uh, although our offense did get more competition for targets because I really like George Pickens. I really like what I'm seeing. Um, I'm going to take Pat. I'm biased. I'm going to take Friar Muth over Dawson Knox, and I'll let you guys talk about it. Yeah, I'm probably going to go uh, Friar Muth on this one as well. Dawson Knox, the guy who finishes the tight end eight in PPR rankings, uh, according to uh, Sleeper AD or Sleeper, um, had nine touchdowns to, to buoy him to that point, but scored five of those touchdowns in the first five weeks of the season. So little little top heavy in terms of how he got those touchdowns. Did have almost 12 yards per catch, so pretty good yards per catch for a guy who only had 50, less than 50 catches. Um, but with Friar Muth, uh, it's always good to have a, a good young tight end with a good young quarterback. It's a security blanket type deal. Um, so I can definitely see any of the quarterbacks <laughs> that Pittsburgh decides to roll out onto the field this year, relying on Firemuth pretty heavy. Um, I like Pickens a lot. I like uh, Deontay Johnson a lot there, but I can see Firemuth just being, being the guy who sits in the zone for the quarterback and stays in the block and then rolls out to, you know, be a hot read for the quarterback so uh, give me Friar Muth I don't think either one of these two guys is going to be like a, a league winning tight end one for you but I can see both of them finishing in the tight end one zone um, being near the bottom in that position between like eight and twelve but give me uh give me Friar Muth yeah um so I don't <laughs> like either of these guys so once it gets to that point I immediately give the edge to um to age uh so my bad is a moth like fucking with me. Um, uh, yeah, I just go to age immediately. So I'll take Pat in the situation. Um, I think you see a little bit of regression from Knox as far as yardage and targets goes. I mean, I, I can still see the touchdowns being there. He's a red zone monster. He's big in the red zone. And uh, Alan likes to look his way in the red zone. So I don't think the touchdowns go away, but I think you're going to see some yardage targets regression. Um, we got the emergency of Gabe Davis coming. Uh, he's supposed to be big in offense. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie coming out of the camp too from Buffalo. Yeah. So, like I said, I mean James Cook out of the backfield could kind of take away a little bit of targets from him as far as like dump off go. Uh, so I think end of the day they're around the same area as far as like points go. So just give me the younger guy with Muth. Um, 
Pickens does concern me. I think he will end up being probably the second option in the Steelers now. Um, but yeah, I like Muth. He could be a good safety blanket for Mitch and an even better one for Pickett when he steps in, uh, just to be that guy that he can go to sit in the box, like I said, sit in the box, wait for the ball. And once he gets it, just find the empty space to get some yardage in for the offense. Keep the, keep the drive pushing. Um, interesting stat for you. 40% of our third down conversions came from Pat Fryermuth. There you um, go. It was, it's, 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 it, it was different. It's a different Ben. It's a different time. I compare him to Heath Miller just because he's that he's reliable. He was very reliable. Um, most rookies don't have that in them. That's a clutch gene to have. I mean, like I said, I'm not comparing this dude to Pitts. I'm not, but I just like the reliability, and I think <clears throat> I just I think he's he's better to own. I I don't know what Knox's target share is going to look like. I mean, right? There was never a there was never a prominent wide receiver too. Uh, it was Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley, Cole and, Beasley. yeah, it's Diggs. It's Diggs who's going to sit at 160 targets. It's Josh Allen who's going to take off with the ball. It's you know, what I mean, it's a couple of Devin Singletary runs. <laughs> I think this offense has a plan now. I think Gabe Davis is your legit too. I like James Cook out of the backfield as a pass catcher, and I love Diggs. I don't see where Knox fits in, right. That's except the ones, except the ones under eighty out. targets last year and under fifty yeah. catches, so I don't see the I don't see the floor or the ceiling for Knox. Honestly, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think like if you're in the back end, tight end one, I'm taking Knox over Gisecki. That's fair. I think those are both streaming options, more or less. Like if if you got to roll out with one of those guys, you're probably you're probably having to stream. Honestly, if I'm looking at driving either of those guys was a tight end one, I'm waiting on like yep. a Herb Smith or Hunter Henry or somebody like that. Just get the value of other positions and just try to hit on something on the back end of the water, tight end ones. Yeah, just throw some throw yeah. some darts at the Patriots tight end room. Yeah, um, <clears throat> we're only at 32 minutes. Just a couple rapid fires for you. Um, uh, one that we decided not to talk about. You don't got to explain yourself. Ertz or Hunter Henry? Mm, Hunter Henry, age. I'll go Ertz. Uh, I, I mean, kinda, they're kind of like the same player, pretty much. Well, not really, because I, I like Henry is more of a red zone guy. He's going to eat up those. I think he could see ten plus touchdowns in this offense. I really could. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, you got Ertz. He's going to eat up yards in the first six weeks. But if you're talking dynasty, which is this is a dynasty podcast, so I'll put all that aside. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go Ertz. I think Ertz can be yeah. very successful for his three year contract. He always had a high PPR floor. I don't. I don't see it just going away. Um, I know Hollywood Brown complicates things. I know Hopkins coming back complicates things. I still think he's good for six targets a game, six to seven targets a game. I'll take that. Um, he's not very good after the catch. He never has been, but. Here's, uh, a, here's one for you, real quick. How about uh, two names that have been. One name's been kind of falling, one name's been kind of rising, but both have been kind of disappointments. But David Njoku or Mike Gusecki? I don't like the talks of Gusecki blocking. (laughs) He's so dynamic when he's running routes. He's a great, great pass catcher. You bring in Tyreek, you bring in Wilson, it complicates things. You bring in Chase Edmonds. If I can get out on Gusecki, I'm getting out. <clears throat> I think you have. I think based off consensus, people will say Gusecki, but I'm excited about Njoku. He's never given okay. me a reason to, but I think with Watson, I think that can actually be a decent pairing. I don't know if Watson's ever really helped a tight end out that much. Yeah, he's never had. Well, a tight I mean, he's end never end. had a tight end. Never had a tight end. It's always been Hopkins, and that's it. I mean. He's never produced a tight end one either, though, to Delhi's point. Like, yeah, you don't have to have a great – like, Dawson Knox wasn't a great tight end, but he finished tight yeah, end Josh eight Allen last year. Tight end, yeah, tight end one <laughs> last year with Josh right. Allen. I mean, Can you guys name me any of Deshaun Watson's tight ends he played with? I won't be able oh, to give sure. you Dawson Knox's name in three years. I promise you that. Yeah, Jordan Atkins <laughs> was his guy for, for, I think, four years. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't, I can't name you a – Texans tight end. Yeah, I got one for you. Another one, pretty interesting one. A guy who's getting a lot of offseason. Hold on, just real quick though. Um, 
sorry, I just want to say, David Joku's never done once anything to live up to his hype, and he's right. not going to do it this year. Trust me, they this gave, hype. They happened. gave him a contract though, and they've been he's being they've been saying he's been playing well at training camp. I'm so yeah, sick of it, dude. I'm so sick of it. I don't want to hear that shit. He's we do this every year. It's like, oh, the Joku, late round flyer, and then he does the same shit every year. I agree. I just I think it's for you. I hate let's both of the, those guys. Let's go to the NFC North. A guy who's drawing a lot of buzz, and also another guy. Um, let's go, Komet or Irv Smith. Irv, not saying anything uh, more. Irv, because the offense is better. I'm gonna go with Cole Komet. I mean, oh my. Uh, you gotta explain your fucking. I'll, I'll go in if you if you go in, but please explain the hype about Cole Komet. I don't I don't know what kind of quality of targets are going to be there for Komet, but I do know that there's no other pass catcher on this team I like other than Darnell Mooney. Mooney will lead the the team in targets, no questions asked. I don't think it's crazy that Komet will be number two in targets. I don't know what Irv's targets are going to be. Uh, there's you got Thielen in the red zone. You got Jefferson who's going to eat up 160 targets, probably if not more. <clears throat> you got Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. You got – and I thought he played very well in um, Thielen's absence, K.J. Osborne. So what is so what is Irv's overall target number going to look like? Who knows? And the best availability is availability. You guys always preach it. Always I mean, preach it. You're not wrong. Here's the thing, though. It's like – Zero Chicago Cole, Bears is the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, Cole Komet's not – he's not fantastic. I don't even know. Does he have an NFL touchdown? Yes, okay, he's two. He didn't get any last year on 93 targets. Do you think he gets more than 93 targets this year? Uh, no way. I mean, oh, me. is Irv going to see anywhere near 90 targets? We don't know. I mean, here's the thing. If you don't know any of this, both of them have been hurt. I would just rather take the talent that I saw at Alabama than take a fucking actual flyer punt on Cole Komet. He was like, I've never seen anything great out of him. At least I've seen flashes from Irv in the league before. I Both haven't... of these guys should be on your bench and not in yeah. your starting lineup, to be very clear here. At this point, I'm going for upside, and I think the Vikings offense can offer more value for Irv Smith than the yeah. Bears offense could offer with Cole Komet. Fair enough. I mean, fair enough. I, I just think it's interesting. I mean, yeah. you know, Komet has never missed a game in the NFL. So, I mean. It... I don't, it's because he's not fucking out there, bro. Okay. That's actually impressive considering the field they play on. Soldier Field is a garbage pit. It was. You saw in the preseason game, it looked awful. Yeah. The field yeah. looked awful. Yeah. Um, still not doing anything to help J- Justin Fields still. Yeah, other than that, that's not the answer. Other than that, um, there was a couple of comments that I wanted to address. I have to pull them up, though. Give me a second just to do that. Um. Yeah, but in the meantime, Frankie, while I still have you, though, who's your uh, tight end one this year, you think? Oh, Pitts. I think Pitts Pitts is the tight end one for the next five to ten years easily. I think as long as he's playing, he's the tight end one. Hey, fair enough. Unless Drake London turns out to be some Julio Jones clone or some Calvin Johnson clone, like, I don't – See how you take attention away from Kyle Pitts and just give him those targets. Like, yeah, 110 is what he got last year, and I think that that again is like a floor. I think he's 130 targets easily yeah. is something that he can approach, and I think he's 1,200 yards is realistic with six touchdowns. I don't think it's crazy to say he can get six times his touchdown total last from last year. Yeah, so. no, that one touchdown is a flyer. Respectfully, right. though, I'm still taking Kelsey with a vacated Tyreek Hill. So. That's fair. That's but that fair. might just be for one more season. We don't know. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited about his situation, to be honest with you. Kelsey or Pitts? Pitts. I mean, both are great. but Both are great, yeah. It's just one's, like, you know, past his prime, and the other one's, like, in his prime. Like, just getting ready to go into his prime. One's 32, the other one's 21. 21, yeah. Yeah, no. So, it's stupid. You boys ready? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. First comment <clears throat> comes from Matt. Comes from Smitty? Specifically to me. Oh. Um, okay. Shout out, Matt. Yeah, he wants to put – actually, the first two comments are from Smitty. So, I, so we're going to start with this. He said, put your money where your mouth is. Kirk Cousins outplays Aaron Rodgers this season. Thoughts? Oh, you're talking about I know who I'm going with. 
I'm going with the MVP personally. Yeah, give, me, I, give me Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, are I'll we talking? Go. Are we talking just where they finish in fantasy? Or are we talking? Yeah, strictly fantasy. I'm not. I'm just going to go strictly fantasy. So just redraft this year. Who are we taking? Aaron, Aaron yeah, Rodgers. I mean, and, and there's no way the Packers lose the North. There's no way. Yeah, still <laughs> so. give me Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah, sorry, Smitty. I love Kirk Cousins. I'm higher on Kirk Cousins than most because I think he's a slept-on talent, even with the uh, now Commanders than Redskins. Um, uh, but yeah, you can't. I can't take a. I can't take him over Aaron Rodgers, even without Devontae Adams. He's the most gifted quarterback I've ever seen play the game of football. So. Yeah, give me AA Ron. I I'll ride that wave. Um. Next one is I think this one's dead too. We were talking about the AFC North podcast. Um, specifically, wanted to we were talking about defense, and I know TJ Watt came into the conversation. He said, "Give me a healthy Daniil Hunter over TJ Watt." That's a silly take. TJ Watt <laughs> is one of the best defensive players in professional sports. TJ Watt is one of one. Yeah. He's not as good as his brother, but he's pretty great. Stop it. Stop what? it. He should, have, he should have two Defensive Player of the Year awards already. Oh, hold on. Let's do this years, then. So. You guys can debate this out. I'll set this one out because I love both of them. Who you got? I love them both. Watt or J.J. Watt? J.J. Watt. Um, J.J. Watt has one of the most dominant defensive runs in the history of football, period. Like He does. He does. And there's no doubt in it. I mean, you know, he does have multiple 20-sack seasons. But the question, the thing is, is like TJ hasn't missed that amount of games that's going to set back his career. If yeah. TJ does, if TJ does hit the yeah. multiple twenty sack mark, I I can already tell you TJ Watt's going to end up with more sacks in his career than JJ. When it happens, I'll take TJ Watt. But JJ Watt, <laughs> right now, I mean, realistically, like, who I'm taking, I'm taking JJ Watt's career over TJ Watt's career. So and I know this sounds Watt crazy can to you. Beat his brother, sure, but he hasn't, and he. I don't think he will. But. And I know this sounds crazy to you, but we're yeah. only 30, 30 sacks away from TJ catching JJ. 30 sacks only, is a lot. Thirty. Is, I mean, is it a lot for a talent like TJ? I know sacks are unpredictable, but and but we're at the end of JJ's career. Like, I don't know what more you have left for JJ. Yeah, I think the biggest thing here is TJ could get 15 sacks in each season and be right there with his brother. Very yeah, I, I will JJ is still playing football, to be fair. <laughs> he is. Uh, but the thing is, is like, it's, it's not the same J.J. Watt. Like, if you go back to 2014 J.J. Watt, then cool. We're, I'm on board with you. I'm on board. But no, I'm not it's a new time, it's a new time now. If J.J. Watt ends the season with, I don't know, six to eight sacks and T.J. Watt has 15, then True. He's, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's not yeah. catching them like that. Right, but my th- I mean, like, I don't know his specific contract. I don't know his specific contract. I don't know how many more years he has left in the league. I know he's 34 now. It, it, he's at the end of it. T.J. Watt's just, oh, for sure. just getting started. I also am taking J.J. Watt because he had to play interior defensive line and get pressure from the interior defensive line, which is much more difficult to do than on the edge. But I agree with you. I agree with That's you. Facts. <clears throat> can I uh, – I, I guess my question is – I have one more question, but like, so why is it that Miles Garrett gets regarded as a better pass rusher than TJ Watt? Can somebody explain that to me? Because he's naturally just more athletic. He, that's the only real answer. Uh, he hasn't produced at the same level, but it's Miles Garrett is a freak athlete, so people sure are going to take take the freak athlete over the white guy every time, most of the time. So if you want an answer, that's probably the most honest answer you're going to get, but it's probably just because of the athletic profiles they have. Not that TJ Watt isn't athletic. He's one of the most athletic players in the league. He can bend his hips and bend his ankles around the corner. And it's one of the most beautiful things you can watch in terms of defensive line play. So, Super athletic, but just their type of athletic profile. Last comment comes from actually one of my brother's good friends. Uh, admin listener to the podcast. So he says, Justin Herbert, QB number one, in my opinion, in 2022-2023. Yes, I see that That's definitely in the range of possibilities. Yeah, yeah I, I foresee that being a, a fact. 
if not number one, then top three. Yeah, I have him as I have him at number two. Um, behind Josh, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah behind, Josh Allen, behind Josh. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson for me, but but I don't. It the thing is, is like I don't see Josh Allen's run coming to an end anytime soon. The dude's twenty six years old. It the ultimate thing that has to end is the rushing production. If you have this dude running for six, seven hundred yards and seven scores every season for the next four years, on top of the passing production, who can beat that? You know what I mean? He's so gifted. He's so gifted. Lamar Jackson, that's the only one. Nobody can beat I mean, Josh. Jalen Hurts, too, if he pans out. But but you know what I mean, though? talking like, rushing outside. Yeah. I, but yes, no I agree with you. If you go in with Justin Herbert as your QB1, you are okay. You're fine. You're loaded. Yeah. Lock and loaded. loaded. Yeah. Um, I'll move Herbert firmly into my QB2 spot. Uh, I. I he surpassed Mahomes in the middle of last season for me. Uh, but I'm a big Herbert guy, so do what you want that information. But I also think that he could – I mean, if Josh Allen misses a game or two, a little bit of injury going in there, Justin Herbert plays all 17, I could see in a world where Herbert's over. I'm given that is given catastrophe for Josh Allen. But I'm still now going to Lamar Jackson to be one. That's now what Lamar yeah. Injury being fair, though, would you just look at overall fantasy points per game or would you just go finish with injuries included? Overall fantasy points per game. Points per okay. game, yeah. Okay, so – Or points, period. So Josh, Allen, so Josh Allen, if he has more fantasy points per game but misses games, you're still going to – you know what I mean? That's the question when it comes to that. But I still think yeah. Josh – I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to pass up on Josh Allen. He's been the yeah, QB one for the last few years. Yeah. Other than that, those are the comments that we had to address. Uh, Hold on. I think we had to address, what was it, Trey Lance versus Trevor Lawrence? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Smitty did want that as well. I apologize. Yeah. Um, you, know, baby. you know where I stand on it. Um, give me the better Give me the better coach. Give me the better offensive scheme. Give me – How many Super Bowls is Kyle Shanahan won? It, I get that. I just think How when it comes Super to Bowls the scheming – I mean, if you want to relive this moment, James White did just retire. We can live, relive this moment if that's what you want. <laughs> what does James White have to do with the fact that Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl and Kyle Shanahan didn't? I Kyle mean, like, we, talk, we can talk about the 28-3 game if you want. I'm talking about Kyle Shanahan as a head coach, bro. He lost the Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs. That happened, too, in a game that they were winning for the entirety of the game. You I mean, can bring up the 28-3 to try to be a dickhead all you want. <laughs> we can we can talk about the Steelers losing to Blake Bortles if you want to. Yeah, we can. That, that hurts. That really hurts. I'm just soul. saying, but no, Doug but Peterson like, is a it. proven head coach who's won a Super Bowl. I don't think it's easy to say he's a much better or a much worse coach than Kyle Shanahan. I'm not, I'm not saying crazy. that, but like the success that Peterson had with Wentz, like, do you give that strictly to Doug Peterson or Frank Wright? Because Frank Wright. You know, I mean, he had a lot to go, a lot to do with the scheming and the play calling. It was all Frank Reich's offensive scheme and system. Like, is that all Doug Peterson or was it Frank? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, those are the questions that come to you. I see Kyle Shanahan as one of the best offensive gurus in the league. I think when it comes to scheming, we're talking head coach, not offensive gurus. If you're talking offensive gurus, then yeah, it's Kyle Shanahan. Right, but Kyle Shanahan. He dabbles. He dabbles in the San Fran's offensive play calling. Come on, bro. That's all Kyle. Oh, for sure. He calls all the plays. He scripts the first 15. And he does the whole Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan thing. They don't deviate from their first 15. I'm aware. He was the coach of my team for the worst moment of my entire life. I'm aware of what happened. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, it's just like like when it comes to that and then you have the QB that can – I mean, and and they both have killer arm strength and intangibles and things like that. The rushing floor with Trey Lance is – it, it adds a lot to his fantasy game. Um, and on top of the, the weapons are better. I, and, I mean, I'm going to go Trey Lance, and I've said that for countless times. I'm going to continue to say so. Um, Overlord, so I'm not going to get into the Trey Lance slander anymore. So, here's the thing. Yeah, Frank is on. Frank, I think Frankie said enough against Trey Lance to get away <laughs> with it. Um, but here's the thing. Um, when you're playing in the fantasy world, I tend to look at trends in the offense more so, and I think we're definitely moving towards a more mobile quarterback league. Um, 
That being said, Trey Lance is mobile. Um, he looked great in the preseason game he just played. Um, I, even I was a little bit of a doubter to see how he looked on the field um, with game speed, given it was just a preseason game against some backups, to the credit. But um, it was nice to see he got a few accurate passes in, looked good in the offense. Um, it's just really the big thing is I think T-Law might have a better passing ability than Trey Lance, to be honest with you. But um, – the legs, man, and I don't with Trey Lance. I don't even think it's close between the two. Um, I don't even know if they really want Lawrence really running too much out of the pocket with Jacksonville to risk him getting hard. He did have out. seventy-three rush attempts last season. Just yeah, that's not bad. That's what I was saying. I, I did. I did remember he is kind of sneaky mobile, but I don't think he did much with his rushing yards. So he I think four and a half yards per carry. He did better than Najee Harris. Oh, oh all right. come on, bro! All all right. Right. I got a random shot in the air on that one, but yeah, to your point, yeah, I mean, White. yeah. Oh, come on, man! <laughs> but I'll still take, I'll still take, uh, like he's a Debo, Ayuk, Kittle over anything that's going on over there with Jacksonville, yeah. Kirk Cousins, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. I mean, Travis Etienne is nice. Any other, like, any productive running back that Kyle Shanahan wants to spit out that season, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it, dude, that offense is loaded. I love that offense, man. Except for our quarterback. <laughs> Why are we doing this? But you know what? You know, it was. It's been a good night. I love talking football with you boys. Um, this is live, so I'm going to tell you guys now. The Delaware Dynasty boys. Um, we completed the this or that edition of our uh, of our podcast content. Next up, um, we want to get the community involved. Me and Ryan and everybody here have been talking about a mock draft. Um, we're not going to put a timer on it. We want you guys to come in. And we want you to explain yourselves on your picks. Uh, ten teams. Uh, this this stream can hold ten people, so if we can get ten people in here. That'd be great. Um, it is draft season, so I think it's we're going to go with the trend. And we're going to keep it going. Uh, Deli, anything you want to say before we we sign off to the people? Yeah, of course. Look forward to the mock. Something uh, we've been wanting to do, but didn't really have the platform for it. We have the platform here. It'd be nice and easy, great display for it. Um, but yeah, uh, if anybody's interested in still listening, it's we'll probably end up doing TQB or excuse me, Superflex League that we normally do. And it's going to be probably a dynasty mock draft just for you guys, just to get a set. So a ten team uh, Superflex dynasty mock. Just a heads up before you go on. Come in here thinking it's a one QB redraft. <laughs> Yep. And Frankie, anything you want to say to the people before we leave? Uh, shout out VSN for the platform, giving us an opportunity to do our thing. Um, Twitter handles are at the bottom here. So like Chalmers said, it is draft season. So shoot us some questions if you have any questions going into your drafts. Uh, if you want any guidance, uh, who to pick, who not to pick, who to avoid, why you should or shouldn't pick somebody, uh, just add us on Twitter and uh, we'll be glad to give you a hand. Yep, and if you want to participate in this mock draft, we have six spots available. Any you can message us on Twitter, you can add us on Twitter. Doesn't matter. Um, we need community participation. We don't want the same like friend group just coming in and doing it. We want different people. We want we want to connect with different people. So just from, keep that in reminder. Do you have anything else? You know, we're always here. Other than that, we're out, boys. Gang, 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 gang.